So basically, in reality, one out of ten movies are worth watching. The rest are pure and utter garbage. You, let me get this straight though. You are obliged to watch regular movies in a month. To some bizarre turn of events, I am forced to watch movies. So I might as well talk about that. Put the ones that are trash, put them in the trash can. Yeah. And that's where we come in. Welcome to the Trash Can Movie Review. Hello and welcome to this week's Trash Can Movie Review. The movie review show that trashes movies so that you don't have to. Big developments today. Um, the pandemic has hit one of our beloved Trash Can Movie Review co-hosts and contributors. Um, and here he is live on the phone. <laughs> here he is live on the phone to tell us what it's like. Well, allegedly, allegedly, you know, let's uh, let's get this story straight. But, you know, if I do have it, you know, I kind of I kind of welcome it. And, you know, I've had kind of symptoms for about a week now. And um, you asked me how I was uh, and I kind of don't want it to go now. I'm kind of happy with it. Yeah. You like the status uh, element. Yeah. And. You know, it gives me a great excuse to be even more distant than I am usually. <laughs> you know, have you used uh, your uh, illness to weasel your way out of many events? Uh, I'd say that's uh, that's probably fair. fair <laughs> <assessment>. <laughs> um. And the main thing is, um, you know, all those previous weeks when I actually had things to do. I really wasn't able to watch much content. But now, this mm. past week, oh my God, I've fit so much in. Wow. Too much, nearly. Wow. I'm actually in the middle of watching something as we're recording this. So, if you don't mind. Hurrying <laughs> <laughs> along. Okay, well, we can hurry this podcast along, no problem. Um, yeah, there's a lot of content, and as we discussed in a previous content, I think two episodes ago, the real uh, epidemic that people are facing is getting through that overwhelming mm. amount of content that exists. And yes. um, I guess, in a way, maybe that that's the virus's overall aim, is to get people to just take the time to get through that content. So mm. um, eventually we can catch up. Because uh, they're content. not making, they're not making any no. new stuff right no, now. No, 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 right? No, no. There's really nothing being made. No, nope. and I think the a problem I'm finding now is I'm kind of run, I don't want to say running out entirely, uh-huh. but of the running stuff low. I want to watch, yeah, we're kind of running a little bit low. Yeah, and uh, we'll get into it later oh, on. But when, you know, when when September hits. You're going to be running on empty there for. I will. Looking, I will. Looking for. I'll be uh, looking, you know, what I'll is be that scrounging <laughs> what, what Australian is, what like? indie <laughs> flicks. <laughs> I know, you know. Coco! <sighs> There's not enough big hit Disney musicals for you no. to get through. Um, no. Or thrillers. Then. Or y- even yeah. Blockbuster. I'd Bank even watch uh, heist movies you were looking for the other day. Oh, yeah, heist. But you had no um, interest in The Bank. No, was that suggested? I suggested that. You said it's a pile of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. It must. I must have been in a fever dream. You said Ben Affleck can... Oh, the town. The town. 
Not the bank. Oh, no. Oh, the bank no, no, no. Is, is, must have been a prequel that I dreamt up. <laughs> in a <laughs> fever a, dream. <laughs> in a fever dream. Uh, ben Affleck was working in a bank. Um, he had a pretty good life. He was a bank teller. Oh, the teller. He wanted more money um, on his uh, wage. So he decided to make a second movie called The Town. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> So this week, we promised the listener so much content. Um, there was going to be a full-on uh, director's uh, commentary of the first 20 minutes of Titanic. <laughs> Let me be the first one to tell you, that's been trashed. <laughs> um, we're going to go back. For now. To, for now. Uh, we're going to go back to classic movie reviews because there's been a lot of content consumed. Um mm. Would you like to be the first one to share? Oh, any other special um, segments you'd like to add to this week's movie review show? Um, no. Shout just out. Just that I am. I am kind of. I'm. I'm a little bit afraid. I'm in fear that uh, sooner or later we're gonna run out. We're gonna run out of good stuff. That's my big fear. It's already happening. It's. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is. Uh, <laughs> you're in denial. Uh, it's the first All stage. Right. I have so much. I have so much <laughs> to get through. Okay. I don't know where to begin. Okay. So, how many movies you got, or other content? Uh, in total, movies we're talking at least one, two, three. We're talking at least five or six. Okay, I got four. So we're gonna do uh, three-minute reviews and very quick trashings. Okay. Well, I'm gonna group. I'm gonna group. Two together. Okay, okay. good. Yeah. Um, I was on the hunt for a crime thriller uh, piece, you know, because that, you know, I think I've realized that's really what what I got into cinema for, you know. <laughs> it, cry, people breaking the rules, you know, trying to make money. Ocean's Eleven? What would be your top, yeah. top of the league there? Uh, top of the league. Mm. Um... Top of the league is probably something like Zodiac, but that's kind Ooh. of more into the the thriller, um, the serial killer genre. But like, I do like a good a crime a crime piece as well, like your a Heat or yeah. um, you know anything with high nice crawler wrong. maybe that kind of ties Night in with your crawler, profession. Exactly. You see, there's a lot of there's a lot of sub genres within the kind of thriller crime overall umbrella so um but i have seen a lot of them yeah. you know and i recently only saw chinatown for the first time and that's oh. kind of considered to be a classic the best yeah and it is it's fantastic um but i've you know i've go gone through all the lists you know um with things that fincher has done like seven mm. and as i mentioned so have you seen seven i've seen seven um uh, you know i've kind of seen uh, a lot of stuff so uh, it's kind of searching the boards or the net if you will right. for uh, did for you mean the uh, the forums <laughs> online forums <laughs> that's right that's right um and looking for uh something that I hadn't seen and I stumbled across uh this film called We Own the Night yeah okay uh, it's um, it's got two uh, uh, one actor who I love Joaquin Phoenix another one who 
I think I like Mark Wahlberg. Um, you know, he can be good at times. He can sometimes he can be a bit annoying. Um, but this is a crime uh, drama. Don't forget Eva Mendes. Oh, Mendes is in it. You know, it's got it all. It actually had all the the ingredients for a pretty damn good film. And I remember when it came out in 2007 and it didn't get great reviews. So I kind of steered clear. But now I'm I'm revisiting all those films that I poo-pooed in the past because they didn't meet a certain standard in the review that I read. But now I'm I'm giving them a second chance. This, this is, is uh, director James Gray who brought us James Gray. Ad yeah. Astra, which I really had a big beef with. The Immigrant, Two Lovers, We Own the Night, and others. Yeah. Did you not? I didn't see Ad Astra. Oh, it's very, very offensive. Okay. Anyway, this film, you know, it's trying to be um, a lot like... <laughs> Um, the Departed. That was a big one. That it, it felt like it was. The Departed. Off. The Departed, and even Wahlberg's in that. This this is set in um, New York in the eighties, and one brother is a nightclub owner, the other one's a cop, and the dad's also the chief of police. The nightclub guy, played by Phoenix, who's always very watchable, he gets in with the dealers, etc. Um, things go bad, go nasty. Wahlberg gets shot up. Um, and for a little while, there's a bit of pace and you feel like, yeah, this is just motoring along OK. But then it all just falls apart pretty fast and uh, turns into a kind of generic uh, flick that they didn't really have much of an ending to. And then it, it beca- because it wasn't based on true events, some of it kind of did feel a bit ridiculous and a bit... And the whole the the central conceit where Phoenix is he goes undercover as a mu as a uh, informant you know uh-huh. and uh, he wears a wire and all that um that just didn't it just felt too hokey and it never really uh, felt very believable so that look wow but, hey. Did it pass the time? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, was it a film I hadn't seen before? Yes. That's Whoa! two of my major Big. boxes ticked. Uh, so, so, let me put it to you this way. Um, you're a New York City nightclub manager. And yeah. um, your uh, bozo brother and uh, father uh, are yeah. in the Russian mafia. And they're hitmen. Mm. Right, and they have just made a movie, and they come to mm. you to protect it in its uh, shell casing, uh, mm. to take it to the movie uh, theater to put on. Uh, are you with me so far? Yeah, go for it. And so you leave your regular duties as a nightclub manager. <laughs> Do you um, take this movie and shoot it point blank? Uh, against the wall, like mafia, <laughs> mafioso style, or do you just continue on your way and um, bring it to the movie theater to the masses to um, entertain them and help pass some time for people? <laughs> I think I would. I'd pick it up, right, yeah. and I'd bring it to the lads and the the distributor, uh, the big studio, and I'd say, "Okay, guys, look, we've got a film here. It might not be the best film in the world." Certainly not the worst yeah. film in the world, 
But whatever you do, just make sure it doesn't come out at the exact kind of same time <laughs> as a way better version <laughs> like a departed. Yeah, right. OK. And a unfortunately, of <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that wasn't able to happen. They came out at like pretty much the exact same time give or, f- okay. give or take a few so months you've, ge- you've taken it out of the trash you've attempted to give it some uh, life you've given a hot, hot tip to the producers there and uh, I guess you walk away at that point I do I do I walk wash away and then wash your hands absolutely wash the hands <laughs> of it um, but did and you so- mo- social distance between the producers and yourself well, as much as possible, yeah. Well, if you're in the mafia, how 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 likely is it that you're going to keep up social distancing? You know? <laughs> no. I think think it would be a prime time for the mafia to get to know each other a little better without being so physical, roughhousing. Maybe, less, maybe less violence, um, more cruel words, maybe, or just sound, be sound to each other, guys. That's it. That's it. Um, so what I would do then after that is I'd go on to the producers of the next similar crime drama <laughs> flick that I've watched called Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Right. All right. Have you heard of this one? No. OK. Again, not high on the list of top 25 best crime drama thrillers of all time. Clo- closer to the oh. bottom of the list yeah. but it's still there in some in some lists i found this film popping up again and again yeah uh so again it's a 2007 flick i'm starting to think 2007 was actually quite a decent year for films um <laughs> uh, again centering around two brothers okay but this time uh, they are played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, R.I.P., and Ethan Hawke. Not uh, bad. And not bad, not bad, because I remember you saying to me a few years back that you were going to, to try and weasel out good films, you're going to follow the actor around. Oh, see, I did that see, for a long time. Act- yeah. How did that work out? <laughs> not so good. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's definitely a path. It's definitely a path. Uh, I'm going by genre at the moment, but I am starting. At that to, time, you were I'm going sh- by director. I recall. I was. Yes. Yeah. And again, and not a not a, a straightforward path either. So maybe there is no uh, easy solution. Um. So these brothers, they're they're down on their luck. Um. They need money. Uh. Seymour Hoffman is a bit more charismatic. He's um. He's a bit more kind of uh, unhinged as well. And he comes up with this idea to rob the brother's uh, uh, parents' jewellery store. Okay. Yeah. Um, but of course, the heist goes badly wrong. Um, it's told in a non-linear way. So you're kind of flash forwarding, flashing back. Um, it's directed by a, some sort of cinematic legend, Sidney Lumet. It was his last film before he died. He is responsible for other kind of crime flicks like uh, Serpico and Twelve Angry Men. And, you know, I think he's um, a oh network, my God. which I really he's loved. Been, he's been making work since 1952. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
No. Now, he did die in 2011, but this this is his last film before he died. And obviously, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman no longer with us. So um, I think uh, you could see there was a lot of good ideas in this. Um, it was one of, taking it back to like 06, 07. You, it's one of the, you know, it's during that time when directors were, were starting to shoot in digital, but it just didn't really the 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 difference between uh quality of shooting on digital versus film back then was definitely far more noticeable it's you can't know you can't tell now yeah. but you know you know when you can tell it was just shot on kind of hd camcorder t- kind of style yeah. almost uh uh, and I, but that kind of gives it its own feel and its own look. Uh, I, I don't, I don't hate it for that. And uh, you wouldn't trash it for I that. It's very watchable. Yeah, no, I wouldn't trash it for that. Good performances all around. Pretty simple enough story. Is Ethan Hawke um, really able to do roles that don't involve a lot of ram- romance and rambling, long conversations? Apparently, apparently, okay. is that what you would you would associate him uh, with? Yeah, all the sunsetty films. What are they called? Yeah, which I never saw. Are they worth a watch? Uh, that mm. would really have to be. I, I think if you're, you're uh, enough. if you're <laughs> if you're a crime a crimesman and a thrillers guy, <laughs> yeah. I don't think yeah. that they are for you. Uh, no, 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 no. It's definitely on the like. Final days of pandemic. <laughs> Final days. Really run yeah. out of all the crime stuff, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, Low on know, content. It feels like, um, again, I think he was kind of auditioning for the, for his role in Boyhood because he plays a kind of uh, deadbeat dad type in this. Plays that really well, by the way. Yeah. Very convincing altogether. And a kind of a... Uh, a lad who a younger brother who's easily led by uh, an unhinged Hoffman type. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, look. Actually, is Hoffman you know, a bit of a bully boy? He is a bit of a bully boy in this with a drug habit. Oh, um, yeah, and also uh, there's a bit of there's a bit of sauciness going on with the wife. Could you explain Hawk the title? Yeah, I actually think this film suffers from bad titleitis as well. Yeah, That's the other thing. It's a confusing title. It's, it's very confusing. It sounds like a kind of Korean action. Yeah, before flick the or devil something. knows you're dead. Uh, and yeah, Hoffman's I think that. Well, oh, no. Um, <laughs> it's a little proverb, apparently, <laughs> and it comes up at the beginning of the film. Um, you'll be 30 minutes in heaven before the devil knows you're dead or something. Or th- that's the trick, you know, that you're to, to try and convince the devil. Um, or, you know, you're, the devil has been distracted by something else. Yeah. You've made it to heaven. And, you know, Lost too me. late by the time he realizes. I'm out of the cinema. I walked out. <laughs> Lost me in the first five seconds. Lost. Ah, man. Hang um, around, hanging around. Bad titleitis. Hang around. Bad titleitis. I would have called this like dysfunctional. <laughs> dysfunctional theft. Dysfunction thief. <laughs> Jewelry store thieves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fraternal dysfunctional thieves. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and, I mean, and that the poster do could be like uh, jewels on somebody's hand, like way too many jewels. Yeah, yeah, 
I mean, that's a, like that's a straightforward title. I, I look. I don't hate the title. I just, I just don't think it suits the film. I really don't. Right. Um, and maybe it would have gotten more traction. Um, uh, had it had a, a better title. Uh, but that being said, apparently it, it appeared on a lot of critics' top ten lists of uh, best films of huh. two thousand seven at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it was number one on the Hollywood Reporter, um, apparently, and Time Magazine came third. So you know, it's just one of those ones that I'd say slipped under the radar a lot. Um, but as I say, um, was it better than We Own the Night? Yes. Um, Right. You know, could you kind of be more forgiving? Was of it better than The Departed? <laughs> no. Mm. Was it better than The Departed? No. No. Would you have no, kind of liked to mash the two films together to make one super? Yes. Movie? I would have loved to have seen Philip Seymour Hoffman and maybe even Ethan Hawke thrown into The Departed. Yeah. And side characters. Yeah. Side characters <laughs> who are on this separate dual uh, <laughs> heist. Oh, wow. I love it. I love it. Play with the format. Uh, um, very interesting. Yeah. So uh, here we go. Um, you're sitting in the boardroom. Uh, you're one of the decision makers uh, whether or not to let this movie go ahead. You've um, you've actually changed jobs because you used to be a, an, a, door, a night, nightclub owner, manager. Mm. and who also had a hand in movies because of his uh, relationship with his mafioso family. You've given a strong tip uh, b- before to those guys to not release this at the same time as The Departed, a far superior <laughs> film. Uh, and now you're, you've changed to an executive level job in a similar mm. studio. Uh, you're talking about naming the film... Uh, the writer really wants to name it before the devil knows you're dead for some cryptic reason and <laughs> you're like okay like I'm the guy who's going to make sure this film is seen or not or trashed mm. or not right now and I'm not liking the way you're talking about this mm. Uh, mm. old proverbs chat um, what are you going to do what are you going to do ah uh, um I re- like you can see the writer has been very excited. He's probably been working on this script for a year or two. You know, Kelly Masterson figured out. Well, yes, um, exactly, Kelly Masterson. That's her name. Uh, oh well, I'd be like, and you know, you could see Kelly's excitement in the corner. With you know, she's got like, um, biro all over her hands and pencil she's chewing on a pencil and she wants to know <laughs> you know <laughs> she has bad adhd <laughs> yeah um and i'd be like kelly i'm happy to go ahead with this uh with this film i think there's a lot of potential there we've got a legendary director in sydney lume is uh for some reason signed up um <laughs> the only thing can we budge at all on this title because I just feel that with this, you, it says nothing about <laughs> anything. <laughs> and we need, you know, this is going to be difficult enough with The Departed coming out soon. <laughs> yeah. And We Own the Night. It's going to be difficult enough to try and get people into the cinema. And you, you're, you're going to give this kind of bizarre um, 
This bizarre title sounds like a Korean action movie. Like nobody knows what the hell it means. Can we not just call it Fraternal Dysfunction <laughs> uh, Diamond Thieves? You know, come on. We've all settled on that by committee. You know, and I know you won't sign over your script unless we use the title. But okay, you can kiss goodbye to any box office receipts. Nobody's going to see this picture if we call it <laughs> Devil. I don't even know. It's so unmemorable. Like, okay, look. All right, we'll take it. Wow. But, yeah. Wow. That's the greatest anti-trashing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Despite know. all your better judgment as a <laughs> exec, <laughs> a big produ- production company exec, you took the title on. And we all know yeah. what happened to that movie. Nobody ever saw it. Uh, but people are coming back to it thanks to the, the <laughs> pandemic. Uh, I know. Thank you, pandemic. More content to see for everyone there. Um, okay, so that was your double, I take it, and um, my double. I'll probably hit you with a few quick ones towards the end, but th- I think those are the two ones I wanted to focus on. Okay. this week. Great. Well, I saw a few as well. Okay, a lot of content. Mm. I saw a movie called Waves. That was kind of a, oh, yeah. a hot take movie, uh, 2019. I saw a film about a pandemic called Contagion, which has ah, yes. was, was a nothing film in 2011 and has gained a lot of uh, popularity because of its uh, relevance to today's pandemic. I watched <laughs> uh, Conan the Barbarian, the original movie from 1982, and Deliverance. An old film hmm. with lads. Starring John Voight. Uh, exactly that. So what do you want to okay, hear? Who, what are what you going to hit us uh, with first? Um, I can give you a speed do, review of all of them if you like. Okay, well let's start us off with Wave because that might be something I'll watch and go for, take it from there. Okay. Well, let me uh, stop you in the, your tracks there. Don't let the glitzy... Uh, glamorous name uh, seduce you <laughs> into a false sense of enjoyment um, this movie is uh, directed by a guy called Trey Edwards with some unknown uh, stars Taylor Russell and Kelvin Harrison um, and it's about it's a big concept movie uh, ambitious oh, concept. right so yeah it follows the story of this kind of uh, well-to-do um, black family in America and there's a son and a daughter and everything seems great. They live in a big house. There's lots of cash. Uh, mm. The son is going out, is a, is a star wrestler. His dad maybe mm. pushes him a bit too much, but it's kind of okay. And uh, he's got a girlfriend and they're very nice. And then she gets pregnant. And that's the first 45 minutes. Then oh, wow. he kind of goes a bit mad. And it, the whole the whole first hour is about him. And uh, a tragedy occurs. And then the film switches to uh, the sister's perspective. So now you're watching a different film for the next hour and a half. Um, about his sister who's dealing with now her brother is no longer around uh, after doing some bad things. 
and mm. she it's about her new romance and her kind of journey into discovering that everything's going to be all right because she's uh, kind of got her shit together um so it's a high concept there's there's a there's a whole bunch of these american expressionist directors now that are around uh ari aster the man who did hereditary would fall into that gang and robert eggers the lighthouse and the witch and now trey edward schultz is a part of that gang so what else has he done mm, just one other film i hadn't seen before uh so this would have been his big it comes at night uh did I see that? I feel like I may have seen that. It, it comes was a horror. Night. Yeah, and it was fairly well received. I think I saw it. Okay. Anyway. I heard of that. Yes. Uh, yeah. So are you now... Uh, sorry, before you go any further, are you now finding... Fil- are you going by studio? Are you going by this A20? Are you just looking up A24? Usually, massively, I'll, I'll just be interested in A24 a lot of the time for uh, American... Right. Uh, mid-budget indie flicks because uh, mm. they're driving a whole new wave of directors that will will uh, are doing interesting enough things like this guy was doing some interesting stuff in waves and okay. um, so you get a lot of this expressionist stuff so where the camera mm. movements will like reflect the character's internal world and there's a lot a lot of uh, contemporary music so like it's a lot of um, uh, American hip hop uh, and some yeah. sometimes it's used brilliantly and there's a few like uh, sections that are total gems um, mm. but I felt for my own personal taste he plays with the format a bit too much and okay. this playing with the format and this uh, like hyper expressionism it uh, kind of loses the plot. And the plot is... Like American Honey. American Honey did uh, that a lot. Yeah, uh, Andrea Arnold, I'd include as probably one of the best people doing that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a real gem. And I think that this was kind of very influenced by American Honey. Um, okay. And so um, at the midpoint, when the big tragic event happens, it changes yeah. from regular 2-4 cinema viewing format to uh oh. what is it four two the box and the so it changes goes from, from widescreen to box to wide to box and digital oh, to film uh oh and then it switches back to regular widescreen for the girl story um how did that work out uh for me uh it's jarring uh, for oh. others maybe enjoyable i don't know i unnecessary i thought uh, but mm. I can see what he's trying to do. He's trying to create a different, like, a different sense of what's happening. Blah blah blah. Um, mm. So it was really, actually, an interesting film to watch. From a, a I don't know. You not very often do you see people given the opportunity to do as much experimentation as he was in this film. And uh, there's a great performance by the young sister Alexa Demi, and the father is great. And um, yeah, so that's that film waves. 
Um, How do you feel about those two part those two part films where there's a mid? I don't know too many. Shift. I was kind of shocked. Uh, well, do you there's know a place. I remember. I remember the the place beyond the pines uh, with Ryan Gosling. Um, that was a kind of a midway shift uh, where um, his character dies yeah. basically midway, and then we're following the son, as far as I remember. Yeah, uh, things like that. Um, yeah, it can happen sometimes that you think you're watching one film and then boom, midway shift. Well, it could have uh, worked, but I change. probably would have uh, not done it so blatantly because I felt like the daughter's daughter was a much stronger actor and it was a, the second half of the film was much stronger altogether. Although I was, you know, I was a long way in before it's kicked off. So uh, the whole thing is like too long. It's two hours, 15 it should have been mm. uh, like I believe most films should ninety minutes, and oh, you yeah. could have done his story in probably ten or twenty. It was basically a short story stretched out to an hour, and mm. um, yeah, so uh, I enjoyed watching it for many reasons, um, some of which okay. I don't was really it entertaining? understand. Entertaining, um, yeah. Okay, yeah, like you say, the time went past and um, everybody had a time. Everybody, rem- I'll remember, yeah. I remember it, I remember it, most of it. Okay, so you're walking along the beach, uh, there's a gigantic wave coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, you're holding the, the DVD, you can fling it into the wave, you can also bury it deep in the sands of time. Uh, or you can just get off the beach and uh, return it to its rightful owner, the director, uh, Trey Edward Schultz. Um, okay, well, I wouldn't throw it into the wave. Uh, I might, however, purposely damage it a little bit and take the disc out and kind of uh, rub right. it in the water, hoping that when <laughs> Trey Edward Schultz uh, puts it back into his DVD player later, it skips yeah. a few scenes and chapters just to see oh. if he notices because there's a lot of <laughs> unnecessary content Faff. Uh, in mm. there. Yeah. And um, I'd like to call him up then a few weeks later and see if he got a chance to rewatch his own movie Waves. And he'd say, yeah, it was way better than I thought it was. Way better. Way better than <laughs> I thought it was ever. And I'd say, well, maybe that's because I purposely uh, rubbed sand and water on it and scratched half of it so that it would skip. Um, and he'd nice. be like, oh, my God, next time I promise that was I'll you? make you a shorter film. <laughs> 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 because, <Thank you> so. <laughs> because we didn't need half of those driving scenes. Um, right. That played a full track on people just kind of in a car. We just didn't need it. Um <laughs> So right, yeah, right. that was fair, one. Fair. That's one movie. All right, let's let's see the next one. We're moving on. Um, next one is uh, uh, Conan the Barbarian. Oh jeez. Skip it. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? Uh, Deliverance. Oh yeah, let's hear about Deliverance. I haven't. I don't know. Okay, much about Deliverance, Deliverance okay. was the original Freak Fest by director mm. John Borman in 1972. You got uh, okay. Burt Reynolds, 
who uh, yeah. classically played kind of only jockish roles before this film and wasn't taken very seriously as an actor. So I'm told uh, you got okay. your John Voight and Ned Beatty. Uh, so a bunch of lads, city lads, go off okay. um, on a canoe trip with uh, Burt Reynolds. They're all... Uh, They're all pals. Except Burt Reynolds. They don't really know Burt Reynolds. They're all tied in oh, by no. John Voight, who invites these kind okay. of uh, three guys from different friendship groups because he's so popular to uh, <laughs> row down a river because the river is going to be uh, closed down due to explosions. And oh. um, they go to this real redneck hillbilly uh, town. Uh, you might remember the famous banjo scene with the boy or the, at least the music. Yeah, yeah. I think this this film pops up a lot in uh, pop culture, doesn't it? Comedy references. Yeah. Uh, Do you have a Simpsons reference that you recall? Um, Yeah, there's definitely a few, but I can't. uh, Not off the top of my head. Moving on. Uh, Burt Reynolds (laughs) is kind of like super jock. And they're all like, what the hell is up with this Burt Reynolds? Why doesn't he relax and just enjoy the rowing? He's like a man of nature. And, um, yeah, he's brought bows and arrows and stuff. And uh, before you know it, uh, John Voight and his buddy Ned Beatty are uh, pulled up on the side of the riverbank and a bunch of hillbillies come out and do shocking things to them. Shocking! Unspeakable! For 1972, I think if I saw this in 1972, I might have been aghast, to say the least, in the cinema. And oh, some people might have been walking out going, too far, John Borman, too far. <laughs> um, but now, bec- is that all there is to this film? Because I nope. think that when I... There's other things. Oh. All right. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Go on. Because whenever I think about this film, I'm just like, okay, you've got the rapes, you know, and it's all leading up to the rape. And, you know, when I've seen other, cl- so, you know, classic films... That's kind of pretty much all they've got. But to be honest, these guys handle it well. Like, it's not all about that. And the guy who got the worst of it, he did it. He wasn't too shook (laughs) after the whole thing. All right. So, uh, yeah, Burt Reynolds blasts one of them uh, hillbillies away before they go real too far. And then Mm. it's about hiding corpses and getting down the river in one piece. And that river Mm. is a mean nasty river with many rapids and weirs um, so does it turn into a revenge flick turns into point? a revenge uh, no um, it just no. turns into a, a role reversal it's more of survival. survival so oh. Bert Reynolds mm. is very injured so John Voight who's kind of like a little city boy um, has yeah. to stand up and become the Bert Reynolds of the movie so uh, okay. inversion of traditional roles there for Bert. Uh, fair play to him for taking one for the team, and uh, yeah, so it's really good. W- wild soundtrack, so watchable. Like, it's so incredible mm. when you do see a movie from 1972 that has yeah. sta- like stands the test of time and far surpasses. Some of it, the modern day modern day stuff equivalents. Um, so really, really, really top top marks. What could you compare it to I'd that it uh, maybe came out after? Oh, a river runs through it. And yeah, other, is, other that, is it similar to the uh, the Meryl Streep flick? 
Oh, that's a great one. What's that called? The River Runs Through. The River Wild with Kevin Bacon. Remember, he's nasty. Oh, that's a great river movie. That, that is one yes. of the best river films. Um, we definitely have that, that taped. We we'll have to do uh, a special oh, off the television. And we loved river films because we had a tragic yes. river incident ourselves. Um, oh, going yes, down a river in a canoe and being tossed out by a, t- a weir. Uh, mm. So there's a lot of water-based trauma <laughs> uh, that we can probably relate to. I gotta oh, see yeah. Deliverance. You gotta see Deliverance. Gotta see I gotta rewatch that Kevin Bacon is a creep movie. River Wild. River yes. Wild. Wow. I will definitely watch that, that too. Was incredible. Uh, yeah. So this is. T- I, th- I think this got the ball rolling on river-based movies <laughs> and, uh, yes. and, and creepy trauma on the river. Wants t- Anyone wa- has any suggestions? Uh, water bay. We don't have to. Yeah. Doesn't have to be necessarily limited to rivers. But well, rivers are don't get preferable. too into the sea. Yeah, I don't want to see no, too many. No, our lakes. Like I'm not. Let's big keep it into to still water. Yeah, still like, you water. Know, let's keep it to fresh water. Fresh water, no salt water. I don't want to see any like uh, no. people in the sea alone for an entire film. Uh, oh no, no, no! I've seen enough of that. Um, rivers or lakes? Happy, very happy with that. Great. Um, okay. So yeah, that's that one. Okay, uh, let's do some rapid reviews. Uh, do you want to give me I, a quick I'm gonna uh, you, trashing? I'm gonna give. No? I'm gonna give you, no, uh, you how many rev- how many films have you got left? Do, there's a kind of a there's a there's an old uh, format here at the movie review show where after you review a movie, you're you're given a scenario uh, to trash. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, I'm jumping the gun. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> so uh, so you're. Um, a city boy, uh, you're going on this river trip uh, with Merle, St- Merle Streep. Is there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I'm enjoying it um, so far. Yeah, um, and Merle, could you not do? Could you not do some of those musical roles later? Uh, like uh, what do you call that thing? The Abba, Abba, Abba movies. Don't do that! Don't do that, Merle. I'll be saying to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, she starts telling you about her friend John Borman, who uh, he's got this uh, deliverance film that he, he's all about. Um, but they need you to put up some cash because nobody wants to take a risk on it because it's got it's got some kind of. Well, that's your first scenes. error because I, I don't know where you got the impression that I had any cash, Meryl. <laughs> well, <laughs> the ni- this 1970 version of you does. <laughs> cool. <laughs> anyway, um, so they're hard up for, for cash, um, you know, and they also need a couple of banjos uh, from your collection. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Merle's absolutely pleading with you. Um, also, she's making threats of like um, pushing you in the river if you don't kind of pony up the cash. So uh-huh. uh, what do you do? I'd say Merle. This is going to be the beginning of a long relationship with river-based films. Um, I happen to know a guy called Kevin Bacon, who <laughs> is further down the river. And I think you'd much be better off. Yes, I'll give you a banjo, because we both know I've got too many banjos. Uh, but in terms of financing the movie, I think it's best that you... Share a canoe with Kevin Bacon for the rest of this trip. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd scuttle off into the bushes and uh, let 
wa- River Wild begin? <laughs> uh, excellent. Now, this that flick was uh, entered into the National Film Registry in the US uh, for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Are you going along with that? Oh, yeah. All right. Um, okay. Uh, I want to do rapid review. How many films have you got left to talk about? Or piece of content? Uh, like, I barely watched Contagion. I don't think you could really call it a, v- a viewing. It wouldn't be fair to Contagion. But I, I did uh, have it on until I fell asleep an hour in. And um, the other one was Conan the Barbarian, uh, which I enjoyed. Okay, give us a minute of Conan. Give us a uh, minute. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a young man. Every minute of this movie is hysterical. Uh, he's, he's, his family are um, in the first... Like the, There's not a second goes by you won't be entertained by Conan the Barbarian. First, in the first three minutes... Uh, evil tribesmen come to Conan and his family who live in the woods and uh, kill and destroy the entire village with giant swords Um, and Mm. young Conan holding his mother's hand stares into the face of a wild uh, killing man who chops his his mother's head off in fr- r- while she's holding his hand and you just see that boy's face and the head flopping in the background so conan is enslaved as a young child and he pushes a large wheel around with some other slaves and turns into arnie oh it's an incredible transition he goes from having young little legs to uh, big strong legs and growing his hair long somehow he always manages to have a fresh shave uh, which is unusual <laughs> for the times. But he looks up to the camera and kind of smiles. And you know those last 15 years of slavery are going to be avenged at some point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then he's um, he's thrown into... They, he's like one of the best slaves they ever had. So he's thrown into a cage and uh, like it, they give him like things to read and like good food to eat and throw like... So and they they're breeding him to make these mega little slaves as well. So they're giving him all these gorgeous women to be shifting at night, and he's fighting. <laughs> oh, they're battling him like a gladiator style. Then he just for some okay. reason goes on a giant trek uh, of discovery uh, across the land and has so many adventures. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Now my favorite thing about Conan is there is not a scene in this movie where Arnie isn't sm- kind of smiling or smirking he's right, so right, right. happy he's in on it he's so <laughs> happy to be in this movie uh and i think that's something we need to see more of in films just like guys yeah. who are just so pleased to be there happy <laughs> to be so there pleased. and you're happy for them i'm happy oh, did for you feel him. happy for him i'm so yeah. happy for him and uh you know he's creating some great content and a few hilarious lines um this is one this is it if you need a break from all the yeah. serious films out there, uh, go back Prime dramas. to 1982's uh, Conan because it's it's just uh, hilarious and great, and you'll have a good time. Uh, Oliver Stone was involved in this somehow. Uh, he wrote it. Okay, co-wrote it. That's incredible. Um, and obviously, this was a wild success. 
um, probably out of nowhere. Um, I think it m made nearly $70 million uh, at the time on a budget of 20 which is still quite a lot. How did the effects stand up and all that? <laughs> <laughs> There's effects in this movie? Okay. okay. <laughs> um, At one point, there's a snake uh, coming to get Conan, and it looks like a regular snake. But actually, it's a giant snake, and uh, he's Conan's at a ritual. He's over. He's looking at this strange ritual uh, that's taking mm. place, and this, he's, like, worried. The snake, which turned out to be a giant puppet, uh, is going to eat him alive. <laughs> He just, he's just destroys. This movie holds no bars when it comes okay. to uh, extraordinary violence, uh, sexism, <laughs> racism on so many levels. And um, mm. just... And bad puppetry. Bad puppetry. <laughs> it is a shocking piece of work. Uh, there is <laughs> probably no chance anything like this will ever be made again. Now, um, you know what you've done now is you've wandered into a franchise and uh, you may have to keep watching. Conan the Destroyer came out a couple of years later uh, with Arnie back in the title role. Would you uh, be prepared to watch that for next week? Oh, 100%. Okay, excellent. Well, that's your... Uh, Only that's your if it has less plot than Conan the Barbarian because I'm pretty sure we can all <laughs> be fairly confident of that I don't see Oliver Stone's name attached anywhere to this I think I'm pretty sure it had a different director yeah I think the ma every main player probably bar Arnie has uh, has uh, washed their hands of it by the by the time the sequel came around, um, but yes. Do you think Conan the Barbarian going... was really his breakthrough kind of muscle action role? Because um, before that, I, I don't see anything big. He must have done something before that because that was eighty two. That's like he that did Hercules like... in New York, The Long Hercules. Goodbye, Happy Anniversary and Goodbye, Stay Hungry, The Streets of San Francisco. That's TV. The Villain, a movie, Scavenger Hunt. The Jane Mansfield story, and then Conan the Barbarian. It has that must have been his breakthrough role. Okay, it must have been his breakthrough. Must have been the breakthrough. Yes, because not too long after that, he was the Terminator. Yeah, uh, and that, that's uh, that's quite impressive. Yes, yeah. uh, must have been. And it, does he speak much in it? He does, and there's a great soundtrack. That's that's another good thing about it. Is there any bad dubbing? Loads, yeah. Up? <laughs> uh, okay this is the speed through round what have you got for a speed review uh, real quick one uh, horror that was only released um, this very year I believe before the, any pandemics uh, were on the mind um, it's called The Invisible Man based on the story The Invisible Man <laughs> about an invisible man and um, is this uh, a recent movie 2020 yo whoa yeah, I know, I know. Um, it's um, obviously, you know, it, 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 this, is a, this is one of those films where the title I actually do like because you know exactly what you're getting. Not like that devil knows you're dead thing. Um, this has got Elizabeth Moss, Moss in it. We'll know her from Mad Men as Peggy Olsen and other things. She's in that, um, that dystopian TV show. What's that called? Handmaiden's Tale. Yeah or something yeah, um, yeah uh, so 
it starts out really well. Uh, she is um, living with her partner in this fancy house. Um, and she wakes up in the middle of the night trying to escape him. I think uh, he's so he's sound asleep. She is taking every precaution to try and get out of that house because it's obviously a toxic relationship and abusive. And um, she does great opening sequence. Really, really good. Packs Whoa. full attention already. Um, then the rest of the film plays out that um, she, it events occur and and the the you know the fiance guy uh, is said to have died she doesn't believe that's true obviously she thinks he's still around in an invisible way um, and she thinks that she's being stalked by uh, the invisible man but the invisible man was her abusive ex-partner so a lot of twists a lot of good and uh, little um different takes on you know the usual story of the invisible man again kevin bacon played the invisible man in a flick called hollow man about 20 years ago um so yeah there's a lot obviously there's loads that can be done um when you're um when your primary villain is invisible uh so uh it really ratchets up the tension really good stuff i enjoyed it thoroughly wow um probably fell apart you know a little bit but that being said um for what it was a decent horror flick which i always enjoy um yeah no i uh, i uh, enjoyed the heck out of this that's a rave review um any good snacks it is uh loads i think i ordered pizza during it um you know loads of fizzy pop it was close to Easter so there was loads of chocolate eggs around just a great experience overall and I had my uh, my cinematic headphones on so I was getting the I was getting the full score blown right into my ears you know wow. so uh, going straight to the source um, another little flick I watched was called Greta starring uh, Chloe Moretz uh, as a girl this is another kind of uh, horror Piece. She finds a handbag on the subway and is also being stalked by this uh, bizarre French lady. Uh, that was less good, um, but still like very watchable. And um, but a big shout out probably to maybe the best film I saw this week was a documentary uh, called Diego Maradona. Uh, oh of yeah, of course, um, the legendary footballer <laughs> and about his time. Um, after he had played for Barcelona, he was then uh, transferred off to uh, Napoli in Italy. And it's the whole story of his time there and how like Napoli were this nothing club. Bizarre how they even signed like the world's best player. Uh, Maradona was a party boy. The You know, the club and the man were just so well suited. Uh, and uh, he found a lot of success there, but yeah. also got involved in Napoli's kind of uh, infamous uh, gangland mafiosa scene. And um, they were providing him with drugs, but he'd have, um, you know, but he wasn't, he, ha- he would have to do appearances for them uh, as a kind of repayment. So he was in there wow. talking a bit. And, One of uh, the it biggest was, uh, it just, uh, docs of last year. Well, sports yes. stuff for sure. 
and probably one of and the, it's uh, most... made by uh, that guy Asif Kapada I think his name is and he is responsible uh, for things like I hope I'm not getting this wrong Amy Senna the warrior Amy and Senna yeah Amy and Senna obviously Senna brilliant documentary and Amy about where Amy Winehouse he's basically become the number one guy to make these kind of spotlight character study uh, documentaries on figures who have fallen from grace in some way or you know just um, you know well known personality so and I do like his style of there's no talking heads in this it's talking it's it's um, yeah the narration of people over stock footage it's all stock footage so you really get a great sense of place you don't need to see what Maradona looks like now talking about his time back then yeah you need to see images of him then and listen to him you know being retrospective about it I really like that because you get you get to see as much uh, footage as they uh, that they have as yeah. possible um, and you I just really got a sense of the guy and how uh, kind of tragic he was because he was so loved like treated like a god in both Argentina and in Italy and kind of couldn't escape that and also lo- uh, uh, was got addicted to the party lifestyle and all that came with it. Wow! Um, but obviously that takes its toll. Um, oh, really could not uh, recommend this. Huge, higher, huge week for reviews. We've had waves. Yes. It comes at night. Contagion. The the Invisible Man. Deliverance. Before the devil knows you're ugh, dead. Uh, Sydney <laughs> Lomet. No, that was just someone I looked up. James Gray, another guy. Greta, yeah. the movie. Diego yes. Maradona. Am I missing anything? Um, no, I think that's pretty much everything. Whoa, I think that's a record for movies. That's uh, We're talking about seven <laughs> films, one episode, one hour. Epic. It's epic. been epic. We never knew it was going to turn out like that. This is the genius of Trash Can Movie Review. Some weeks, there's n- almost no content. Other weeks, it's just <laughs> overwhelming. It's a <laughs> <laughs> I've been Patrick, and next week, we'll have another review show. I've been Kevo. There's even more to come. <laughs>